Hi, friend. Welcome to the Olive Branch Mom Podcast. My name is Bridget Adler, a Catholic mom of four turned religion teacher. Each week, you'll hear interviews, tips, and strategies to grow in faith and find peace in the chaos, while we extend the proverbial olive branch from one spiritual viewpoint to another. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump right into it. Week's been a bit of a bust because I was sick all week. I feel like now that no one's one's wearing masks, I'm like, it's just, we're now getting all the colds that we've been saving up for two years, so... It's like, like, great. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like literally everyone here is the same way. Like everyone has a cold that they can't get rid of. You know? (laughs) Oh, I feel much better. I finally threw in the towel yesterday and was like, I'm just taking off all day and just lying here all day. And so now I feel a lot better. So there you go. Yay. But I'm excited to talk about this week's pod because it's all about um, creativity Yes. And what happens now we've been, we've been, you know, monotasking, we've been, um, you know, banishing our phones, we have all this time now, at least I do when I do this stolen stuff, I feel like I have all this time, because I'm not like, looking at my phone or watching TV or reading the news or anything like that. So it's like, how do you fill that time and creativity is one thing I feel like people are really interested in. I think some people feel like either it's for them or not for them. So I want to talk a little bit about that. But um, interested in your perspective on um, creativity and sort of like that role in the human mind and development. Cause I think you have a unique uh, perspective when it comes to that. Well, you know, it's, I think you can't, you're kind of hitting on a lot of the, the parts of it because some people are like, no, I'm not creative at all because they're thinking of creativity in terms of artistry or um, being able to draw a picture or replicate something and, like a very special talented kind of way, but people are creative in so many other areas of their lives. Like, you know, you might like to garden, you know, and just have plants growing around you. I'm like, this is a, that is you creating. Um, there's a really good, uh, like for the level two kids, their main, uh, it's catechesis of the good shepherd. Their, their, uh, main focus of a theme is the true vine. And there's an interesting question in the meditation about the true vine. I'm the vine, you are the branches. And there's a reflection about the vine grower. And I thought this is really, it struck me this week when I was listening to someone doing this presentation. When a plant grows well, do you congratulate the plant or do you congratulate the gardener? Because that plant needed to be pruned and taken care of and nurtured. If the plant was left to itself, would it have achieved that level of beauty or growth or whatever else without the vine grower, a.k.a. the vine grower, a.k.a. the gardener, right? And I thought that was a really interesting way of looking at it because that's like talking about, you know, God's work in our lives, but it's also related to the things that you're doing in your own life that you're not necessarily seeing as being creative or giving yourself credit for, but you are participating in and they would not be the same without your participation. Yep. No, I totally agree. And I love that allegory of like, you know, do you, um, who do you sort of recognize for the accomplishment? I think the truth is both. Um, and I, and I, I think an exercise we have early in this, in this chapter of the stillness diet is really 
I think if you are, are where we are, and a lot of us are in this place, is because you are so overwhelmed with input, you have forgotten and gotten out of touch with the things you love to create. So one quick exercise is sort of like reorient yourself to how you can be creative is to go back in time in the time machine and think about yourself um, at different three different times in your life. I think grade school, like that, those early years, um, like your your teen years and college, because those are three areas where you have like different sets of parameters, controls around you. Um, I think people are like either when it's not a time issue with creativity, they're like, well, I don't have the money or I have to start, I have to start so far, you know, from where I want to be. And just to introduce yourself to the child that you once were, who didn't need permission, didn't need to doodle, didn't need money to um, play in the backyard, didn't need a teacher to start writing. I think we put so many roadblocks in front of ourselves because we get frustrated with where we think we need to be at, that we're losing the connection of like, just creating feels so, if there's something about it that is so human, right? And this can be something that you already interact with on a daily basis, cooking. I love the Iron Chef aspect of like, there's nothing in my fridge, but it's like, I'm going to make a meal. Like I can do it. Like there's something about spinning that up, you know, spinning gold from hay. That's really cool. And I think doing that exercise and just like taking yourself back, like what did you like to do as a child? Were you just staring at clouds? Were you like making daisy chains in the backyard? Were you making forts? Like, can you do those things again? You're like literally sort of taking yourself back and then revisiting your teen years. What about the teen years? Were you doodling? Did you really get into like stand-up comedy? Were you, I don't know, like what, what was it, right? I would make these, um, I would make my clothes a lot when I was in middle school and high school. I would just like, my mother had given me a sewing machine and I would take my clothes apart when I didn't like them anymore and I would put them back together and then I would start making these T-shirts and my friends wanted some. So I started making them the T-shirts. So I always had sort of like that connection with like a creation. So this um, it's not difficult with me, for me per se, but it is challenging now and that I'm in my 40s to be like, what's that thing for me now? Like, I don't necessarily want to sew anymore. And I'm my carpal tunnel. You know what I mean? Like some of it's a little hard. So it's like, well, what else can I? You know what I mean? It's like, again, connecting always connecting back to be like, what did I like to do before? And maybe that's a good hint to like where you need to get started. One good exercise to do is to create a joy list. So um, just giving yourself permission to write down, you know, brainstorm. um, What are the things that are bringing you real joy? And think about like all of your different senses too. You know, those moments where you feel just naturally happy from a scent of a bakery or seeing like a beautiful display at a craft store that just makes you feel inspired. You know, those things that bring you joy, like the true joy that you feel that's that hearkening back to your childhood, like you were saying, because another exercise you can do related to your childhood is to think back to what you wanted to be when you grew up. But before you put limits on yourself, or even when you were considering like the different things that you wanted to be, but then you said no, because maybe you thought you wouldn't make enough money at that job, or you didn't think you would be able to pursue the education for that job. But like, what, what was it about it that brought you that sense of joy? And I want to do this, or this fascinates me, that sense of like, awe and wonder and fascination you know, that is something that you need to, we can reconnect with ourselves into ourselves again. Now, if we give ourselves 
the time and the quiet and a space to just dedicate that time to thinking about these things again, because really we all have these dreams and you need to give yourself permission to dream them again, because just because we're in, you know, if you're in your thirties and forties and beyond, just because you're at that age, doesn't mean that these dreams are, are gone or that they've died or that they can't happen in a new way for you. And I think we kind of are in the name of being mature or, an adult or I'm a grown up now. We like throw that all aside. We're done dreaming, you know, which is wrong. We are meant to dream. We're meant to create because this is how we are created as human beings is to enjoy the creations that were given us and transforming them. There's this really um, cool timeline, uh, the history of the gifts that you do with the kids at Catechies is the good shepherd when they're a little older. And we talk about all the different wonderful things in creation shells and, and rocks and um, crystals and things. It's like, have you ever just looked at a box of like amazing rocks and crystals? And you're like, I want to touch that. When you're a grown up, that's the stuff that you don't do anymore. But when you get the chance to do it again, you're like, your same joy and interest and fascination is there when you see this really cool feather or this really yeah. awesome shell or these beautiful like things that have been provided for us on our earth that we take and then transform. Yes. And I love, I love, I love sort of how simple this can start. And if you don't know where to start and you have children start where they're at. Right. So if you have the benefit of having a young child, the way they interact with the world looks very different than the way you interact with it. Like my walk to school, I'm focusing on getting my child to school and all the things I'm doing after that. Right. As much as I try to be in the moment, that's where I'm at. Okay. My daughter is looking at the tulips and, oh my gosh, look at that man over there that's working on that house that looks different than it did yet like she's just noticing all these things and when I'm you know when I'm I feel like doing well I'm able to follow her attention and to be more in the moment with her as she's noticing things because it really is kind of fascinating I'm like oh I guess it's spring look there's tulip there's some joy in sort of just noticing that um and I think that's an element of opening up yourself to creativity of just like disconnecting from the rat race slightly and your and the busyness and that's again what the rest of the stillness side is hopefully preparing in your life we've emptied our cup okay we're ready to fill it where do we fill it with and i think to your point a joyless is great following the lead of your children is great don't think because a child is young they can't teach you they're no different than you in terms of the respect that you owe that child it doesn't matter if you're caring for them that's still a spirit an eternal spirit just like yours so like they can really help you. My daughter has been very helpful to me in terms of like the types of things that we want to do in a day. Let's paint, let's draw. These are things that I enjoy. Why, 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 because I'm the mother, should I be cleaning the kitchen? Why can't I just sit down with her and draw with her? You know what I mean? Like letting yourself be drawn in, I think is, is a really good thing. One word I think, um, and I think you hit the nail on the head. I think we get trapped up in all the reasons why we can't do something. And I think one of them um, is particularly pernicious and it's the it's the assumption that well no if I would have gotten I want to be really good at this thing and that can be whatever it could be like um say you wanted to be like Bruce Lee in your garden you wanted to do karate but your parents couldn't get you lessons and that dream died right so you're like no no I, I would want to be a black belt I wouldn't want to start in like a room full of I think part of it is humbling yourself to be honest with you and being like I'm let me just start. I just want to start where we start. Right. And find the joy in the doing of the thing and not the achievement of the thing. And I think as Americans, right, like we, we are obsessed with like 
oh, um, you know, 10,000 hours and I, I, be, I need to have started my child at golf at two in order to be like, to what end, right? It's like yeah. we create for the joy of the being of creation. It's not to achieve or be or do. And this is something I really struggled with, you know, because I've been trying and trying to be like a published fiction writer and it's just not happening. And I'm at the point where I'm like, God, it's so frustrating that it's not happening, but I still really like doing it. You know what I mean? I'm like, I love the, the act of just creating it is randomly enough, even though it frustrates me when I still, I still keep coming back to it because for better, or for worse, whatever the outcome is, there is just a joy in creation that I cannot disconnect. I can just can't disconnect from. So here's a point, question. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I mean, well, I was just thinking, here's a question for, people that are very achievement oriented or competitive, what would you do if you didn't have to ask, you didn't have to think, am I going to be good at this? You know, what would you do? Because people that are perfectionists, they tend to tailor their activities to something that they believe will be successful for them, which is very limiting. You know, if you look at what you're willing to do and you're already removing certain activities because you don't think you can be the best at them, or perfect, or close to it, (laughs) then you're eliminating this whole category of things that you could build skill in and eventually competency and really enjoy along the way. So there's a lot of things like you you can learn from children in this respect, especially like the three to five-year-olds, even beyond a little bit, they'll draw something just for the sheer joy. You give them a really large piece of paper and they're like, wow, a huge piece of paper. I'm going to do something really big on this. And they're like excited because they don't get a huge piece of paper at home necessarily. And you give them this big piece of paper and they start drawing something. Do they care if it looks good or looks exactly like it should, quote unquote, supposed to look? You know, like, is this going to be the best picture? No, it, they just draw they, they make something and you're like, wow, look at this that you made because their creative creativity is so bubbling close to the surface. Right. And they're not self-editing yet. And this is just where they're at developmentally. And it's just, it's beautiful to see what amazing creations just flow out when you're not putting limits on yourself. Yep. I totally agree. Um, so I think one exercise, the joy list, going back to sort of childhood, middle adulthood and remembering the things that you like. But I think to your point, thinking about things that you just wanted to try and you have no idea if you're going to be good or not. And it's a stretch, right? Um, I heard this one great quote, um, you know, a woman should have two hobbies, one that keeps her inside and one that takes her outside. And the point of that oh, is like, about you know, for me, maybe. <laughs> Maybe I, 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 I read that I somewhere wisdom. too. <laughs> it's, great, it's great wisdom. And I think the reason it's great is because like, it's like you said, um, you can pick something that you've always probably loved and enjoyed. Like say you've always drawn, you love drawing, but like say a friend's like, Hey, I had a friend that was like, Hey, let's join this Mahjong. Um, let's join this Mahjong club. And I was like, no, I just don't want to do it. But like, I probably will because, it gets me out of the house and it's something that I think I'm probably going to suck at, but it'll be fun. You know what I mean? So I'll be with people. It'll be a social little something about it. That'll sort of like stimulate me in a new way. So again, challenging myself when, it, and this to me is an element of creativity is just like something you usually would not do. Like 
think of those types of things, right? Because like, so what, say I'm awful at it. My mom for years was involved in like these bridge clubs that she hated, but she just loved the social aspect of it and was like, oh, you know, I'll just go. You know, because it was just fun being with her friends, right? And there was an element of creativity to it. But I love, I think that's a really good insight from you in terms of like, don't just pick stuff that you think you're good at. Like, because that's satisfying. Like, because you just learn from the, the universe is so weird, the types of things that you're drawn to. Um, and I'll give you an example. Now that my daughter is five, I have more time to myself. It's finally here. The world's in Technicolor. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, maybe I'll start volunteering. So I found this like tiny museum. It's an archaeology museum and they needed help. And I'm like, you know, I don't have a little, had a study in school. I have a little bit of, of experience, but you know, these are professional people, you know, museum folks. Right. So I was like, okay, well, Maybe I can do like data entry for them. So their project, they're like, we want you to catalog this library for us. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I'm not a librarian. They're like, that's okay. Just like, do the best you can. So like this whole week on my time off, I'm like, okay, so like the Dewey Decimal System. I'm like, going back in time, I'm like, back in time, I'm like great, literally grade school, like Dewey Decimal. This is the subject heading. This is the... And, um, you know, I'm tr I would I tried to get like all kinds of help from librarians and in the tradition of librarians, no one would help me. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to have to figure this out. Right. To your point. I'm not, I don't think I'm going to be good at this, but I'm just going to figure it out. And I figured it out. And I will have to, I will tell you, I'm so proud of myself for figuring out the Dewey Decimal System <laughs> and like not having someone Google the answer for me. This is ungoogleable. You have it's like you have to classify. No one can classify but you. You have to study the system look at the content and say, how do I classify this? Right. And they have to go in there and you have to make the decision. And I'm just so dang proud of myself. Cause again, um, it was hard. It was out of my element and actually had a lot of fun doing it. And if I had never pushed myself like to doing it, I probably, I don't know what I'd be doing on the weekend. Probably like, you know, I, I, I probably go back to my place and like read something or like, you know, watch a movie while she was at our class. But now I'm like, challenging myself and hopefully hopefully I have not misclassified their entire collection right but hopefully done some good um for this little museum well one of the main things that I am thinking listening to you right now is the reality that if we don't challenge ourselves we're never gonna grow so if you don't push yourself to try something new every once in a while then you're never going to move on to that next step that helps you find that amazing hobby or activity or group of people that really pushes you and stimulates you and will then lead to like extra joy in your life because we get a lot of joy out of work that's done well and just the process of working volunteering in something or at your actual job it's like there's just there's a lot of benefits for us as people you know, we're getting out and out of our element with other people too, and getting fresh ideas from this exposure to something completely new that is just so good for our soul and for our levels of anxiety. We're focusing outward instead of inward, which is really yeah. part of um, one of the major techniques that I have found for managing my own anxiety is to not be pulling inward is to be going out and giving yeah. back. And then that's very yeah. rewarding. But um, I finally remembered what book that hobby quote was from. It's from Live Alone and Like It by Marjorie Hillis. 
Ooh. And um, that was written in the 30s. And she was like a Vogue editor or something like that. And she had a lot of really good life advice in that book. <laughs> but she that. was right. It's like, I think it's, it's for women of every walk in life. It's like, if you're single, because um, really her, her whole life, her, her book was basically focused on being like that extra woman who's not married yet, but older yeah. and has a job. <laughs> but it's like very relevant for um, women, moms, everybody, you know, like to have that hobby that you can do in your own home and enjoy at your own speed and your own pace, but then also something that's going to take you out like a book group or volunteering somewhere, you know, it's like, you just never know what it's going to lead to is the thing. Yeah. And like, yeah. you know, to give yourself the opportunity to be led to something new is super exciting. And people don't think about that when they think about volunteering somewhere. They're like, oh, I can't fit that into my schedule. Like, oh, that just seems like more work. But, you know, just give it a try. It's not like you can't just yeah. stop. You know, <laughs> people think yeah. if they do something, it's part of that whole, you know, being raised to like commit and never quit. But we have to tailor our lives in a way now that we're allowed to say, I'm done with this now because I'm moving yeah. on to something new. You right. know, you, you don't have to punish yourself if you're, and feel like you're quitting if you're just saying no to things. I mean, yeah. this is part of, you know, tailoring this existence that has some time for stillness, has some time for enrichment, but also you're yep. getting the things done that you need to get done. Yeah. And then in terms of creativity, there's a lot, if you really w sit back and think, well, you know, there's people there that are just like, you know, I'm not creative. I'm not interested in being creative. Like, what are you talking about? But if you actually sit back, it's like, you are creating things all the, all the time, you know, whether you like to cook it or you're gardening or you're fixing a car or um, working on a spreadsheet that you think looks really awesome. And you're like, this is functioning so well, like that's creativity. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I think you, know, you hit on even, something really you hit on something really important. Um, you know, this half of this advice is for someone who is sort of so trapped in themselves that through the stillness diet they're able to make room and, and contribute to creativity. But there's another personality that is overwhelmed for the opposite reasons. They're giving too much. They're volunteering at three places, they're doing soup kitchen on Saturday and homeless shelter on Sunday, and they are giving, 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 right? So like that, for that, and I think you started going down this road a little bit, again, stillness diet, still applicable, making room for stillness, making room for that intuitive, and I think we'll talk about, I think this is the next chapter, is, you know, getting guidance, right? Connecting with the spirit inside of you to guide you, right? Because I think people come to the stillness diet because something is, there's something that is nagging, right? Um, something is wrong, right? There's something, there's like a voice and you're being pushed to sort of identify and figure out what is it that I need to be doing with my life, like whatever the question is. So you're the personality that's like boundaryless, sort of like, you know, whipped here and there to and fro. I think what you'll notice is that when you start the stillness diet and you start creating the space, it becomes a little bit more clear. The edges become slightly in focus on which of the activities um, are useful to you and your growth here on this earthly plane and which you can let go of. And likely, I'm not saying you get 100% clarity, but clarity begins to, that's the whole purpose of this is making space for what is true to really reveal itself to you. And I think depending on what your goals are broadly, say creativity is something you want to make time for. And all the volunteering is like, you know, I see like a, 
like a garden with so many weeds, the flower can't come up. Like if, if you're in that situation, you will be in the opposite position of creating space by dropping activities. And you might get some serious resistance, right? Because one thing I know with people without boundaries is um, many other people enjoy the fact that they don't have any boundaries that they can mm, absolutely. get what they want out of you, right? So it's like, Oh, really? Like, and I think, um, you know, oh, Bridget, please be the leader of this. You're just so good at, you know, like that type of thing. Where you're just <laughs> like, ah, but it's like, you know, again, by creating that space, um, owning your, owning yourself, owning your space, um, blocking out a lot of the energy that is not yours, it becomes very obvious to see what is sucking the life out of you and what is filling you, right? What is, what is able to grow and to flourish? I think that's, another really important part of this conversation is to identify those who argue to me too much. How do you identify the things that need to go? So your, your creativity can come and flower. Um, you know, when you were saying that, I was, I was thinking about how this friend of mine was talking uh, about this analogy too. like, imagine someone's handing you a plate of trash and they're like, could you hold this plate of trash for me? <laughs> Could you hold this? Could you take this off my hands for me? You <laughs> can see that plate of trash. You're like, you know, that is your plate of trash. <laughs> I'm handing it back to you. This is your plate of trash. And I know you're going to be able to do something with it. <laughs> it's like the idea of delegation and deciding, you know, what is really essential in your life and what is really related to you, you know, like not my clowns, not my circus. Right. (laughs) There's a, there's people, of course, those boundaryless people. And I get caught into this too, that want to say yes all the time and people please and make everybody happy. They're not willing to do anything, but take that plate of trash because they're like, I have to take it because they're giving it to me. No, that's not yours to take. Like you're, what are you focused on right now? What is the ultimate goal for you? Like, if this is not related to that, then you can feel free to push that plate back on the other person because that's their plate to deal with. And they're trying to unload it on you. So, you know, to have that awareness level is important. And sometimes those little imagery things like that are exactly what we need to have pop into our heads later. When you're in the actual situation, you're like, Oh, I think someone's trying to hand me a plate of trash right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're, and you're kind of, you know, enabled or emboldened yeah. or whatever to, you have the authority now to say, no, nope, you know, this is really your issue. This is really yes. your problem to deal with. And I know you're going to come up with a solution. So here's your plate back. <laughs> here's your plate back. And what I love again about this, you know, again, now that you've created space, You've now opened yourself up to guidance from, you know, you call it the Holy Spirit. You know, you could just say spirit, right? You open yourself up to guidance from spirit. So an example is you're having a conversation. Someone's trying to hand you a piece of trash, plate of trash. You might see in your mind's eye a plate of trash. Okay. Those are, that, that is part of the spirit trying to tell you, right? <laughs> like that is what we like to call a sign, right? Now that you've opened yourself up to receiving that, you should pay attention, right? So it's like, you might see an image of a piece of trash, you might get a feeling, you might get a shiver, you might get whatever, everyone's different in sort of how they get get these signs and messages. And that's a little bit more about what we're going to talk about um, during next week's pod. But like, it's important to know, because I think the two are related. Um, 
if you have that image pop into your head, if you have a feeling, if you sometimes you hear something like no <laughs> in your head, or you'll say something, you'll hear, you know, sometimes you think you're talking to yourself, but then other times it's really clear that you're not talking to yourself and maybe you're getting guidance from something else. Like those moments really pay attention. And um, in, in the, in the book, we talk about like, you, you can you talk to people about that. You can journal it, but you should be noticing, you should be noticing some things, some feelings, some thoughts, some emotions, Whereas before it was just sort of chaos, right? It's like when you're running on so much energy coming in and the Twitter and the thumb and your errands, like it's hard to get that guidance. But again, when you're in the world now and you've created some space for yourself, you will start to, you've always been able to receive. You were blocked before perhaps, right? Now you're not blocked anymore. And I think it becomes really clear or it has been to me going through my phases of stillness. Like now it's really clear to me um, how tough I can be sometimes. Whereas before I'd be like, what do you need now? I'm like, I'm available tomorrow from 10 to 12. Like it's I'm like, who is this person? And the funniest thing is like people immediately react to it. Right. Some of them push back, but some of them are like, okay, that time slot works for me. And it's very funny to me. I'm like, wow, I, I guess the old me would not have done that. I'm like, what's changed. And the honest to God, the only thing that's changed is I just think I'm more present and more able to see things for what they are instead of, operating on sort of this other, you know, I talked about this, this like needing to please, I'm a middle child. It's always serving as part of who I am. Right. But that can get me very, I can paint myself into a corner really quickly with that. So just understanding how to receive those messages and creating space to receive those messages can really help you when you're trying to find elements to be more creative in your life, because to create, you might have to create more space. It might not be enough divorcing yourself from the phone and the, you know what I mean? And all these other things you've given up, there might be, you might be chewing too much at home, right? You might need to ask a husband or a babysitter to come. Like there might still be too much going on in your life for you to really have this part of yourself flourish. But if you're not open to receiving guidance to that, it's going to, it's still going to be really hard to move forward. Well, and I think it's important to remember too, that you might need to invest a little bit more time on the front end you know, saying I need like a babysitter a few days a week just for me sounds so gratuitous to certain people, including myself. But overall, like if you do a a short little investment in yourself and like you, you can, you're worth it. And then secondly, it doesn't have to be like forever. It's like, this could be just like, oh, you know, a short term, like a week or two kind of thing, just to get your footing again, to get your time and your space and just start you on this journey, you know, to have that time and space for it, you know, and people, again, they can kind of have that, oh my gosh, like this is going to be like every week or, you know, making commitments can seem so difficult. You know, there's a lot of procrastination with it because um, they're just not seeing the big picture is easily, <laughs> which is, you know, something that you see, of course, some people are better at uh, big picture type things than others. But I really think, you know, procrastinating on this type of thing, because you don't want to commit the time, um, or you don't want to work on, it just seems difficult to rearrange schedules or difficult to get someone to watch your children or difficult to say no to people. It's like, I something that I was thinking when you were talking was um, people with really good boundaries also understand that you don't need to make up excuses or begin your litany of excuses or reasons when you say no to something. 
Like you can just say, nope, you don't have to say I'm busy because we're doing X, Y, and Z. And these are all the reasons why I can't attend your blah, blah, blah. You can just say, nope, I'm unable to attend. (laughs) And once you free yourself from that whole, but they're going to need to know why. And I need to justify myself. It's like, you actually do not need to justify yourself when you say no to something. Yeah. Because they're going, going to you with requests for your time and your attention. And this is your commodity, right? Yeah. And yeah. you can say no and you don't need to say why. Yeah. You are free to just keep that to yourself. Yeah. And it's you true. do not need to justify yourself in these yeah. decisions for yourself. And it's you hard, know? again, to when you're going through the motions and you're in the interaction, it's so easy to fall back on old patterns. But if you've created, I will, you will say, if you do follow the stillness diet and you are creating, able to create space, you can catch yourself in the response. It's so hard to do unless you're not making changes in other parts of your life. Because again, I remember being there knowing it was a problem and unable to do anything about it just because it was like, Sometimes, you know, software on computers, they just run. So we're no different. It's like if the mm-hmm. software's running and it's a no boundary software, it's really hard. You have to insert your own malware, right? To be like, pause, pause. Before I say yes, let's think about this. Even creating that much space and becoming less reactive is a lot of the goal of the stillness diet to be able to allow that guidance to come into you and for you to be able to give that high quality you no. Know? So again, emphasize you're 100% right. And I think to get to that point, even if you listen to it and you're like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then the next day you've committed to like eight things. Like it's really hard. It's really hard if you're not making space in your life to catch yourself. That's the hardest thing is to catch yourself. I like how you said a high quality. No, Um, (laughs) I love that. Nice high quality. No. Well, you know, you might get a little bit of pushback from people, especially family members that are used to you being a people pleaser or whatever else or providing the excuses. You might get it once or twice at the on the early onset, but really if you stick to it, people will start to respect you and respect what you're saying and they're not gonna push you for reasons. It's kind of like training a dog. I know they respect you because you are respecting yourself and your time. Right, Right, right. Don't bl- and don't blame them for it, right? Like we're all looking out, we're all hustling, we're all looking for resources, right? So it's like they'll just go to the next person that they think they can sort of get to say yes. And again, I think also knowing, like, oh, if you hadn't, if I hadn't said yes, you just would have gone to somebody else, and they probably would have said. Yes. I think also understanding, like, yeah, not you're not indispensable always. Yeah, yeah. You're not, every, no one, everyone's, everybody's replaceable, right? So it's like. Having that sense of like, eh, I'm not that important. It's probably not all that personal. You know, I think, again, and I'm sure that there are people in my life that wonder what is wrong with me. <laughs> to your point, you know, certain things I just don't do anymore. Um, just because, again, not because I'm mad at anybody, n- nothing like that. It's just I think you start respecting yourself more and your time more. And you're just like, I no longer feel like doing that. You, know what I mean? you just stop doing it. And like you said, there's no, um, I don't feel any need to explain, to sort of do it. And I think um, everyone's different, but that's, I think, seems to be the most straightforward way to sort of adopt the approach, right? Not to explain. I mean, it is helpful, I think, when you are embarking on the stillness diet to have like a buddy or two that knows what you're trying to do. Um, But we all know that person that's tried to make a life change and they've gone from this like sweet people-pleasing personality to this like, 
very aggressive. No, you know what I mean? You don't want to, you don't want to, I, I know that we all know for someone like this, it's like they, they overcorrect. Cause yeah. they're, right. Cause yep. they're mad. They're mad. They look back, they get mad. So they're resentful not, about what they did in the past. Exactly. This yeah. is not that it's not that it's just no. Draw, it, it's, it's about a balance about again. That yeah. elusive balance that everyone talks about. Yeah. <laughs> Moderation. <laughs> you know, work life balance, you know, yeah. or whatever else. It's 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 there. You can get into balance more, but it's just a continual rewriting of the ship. It's just Correct. we are always taking a temperature of what's going on and yeah. making an assessment and re and, and before it's important to like be consistent about it because otherwise all of a sudden you're like overboard. You know, like your cast yeah. overboard. Exactly. Like your ship is sinking. You know, yeah. it's and you know to be vigilant about your time because your time is so valuable. I mean, people yeah. really discount that. And I think part of having gone through these years with um, COVID and quarantining and having to adjust our schedules, and some people working from home now, and some people doing X, Y, and Z, um, it's just really taught a lot of people how very important our time is because we have a limited amount of it in the day and what are we going to do with it? And it's a, it's a true, it's a true blessing to be able to have time that you can devote to certain things that are really important to you. So um, what are those things? And then one of them of course is going to be your own, you know, personal well being and your personal happiness, which can easily get cast aside in the, you know, the chaos of having a family, if you're you oh, know, a young mom, or you might be like, kind of like me, where you have older kids now that are babysitting, and you have this like, renewed sense of freedom where you can say, okay, guys, I'll be back in a few hours. Don't, you know, don't eat all the chips, you know, <laughs> and you're going to go and do something for you. Maybe even like yeah. spend some time at the library and quiet reading something oh, or, you know, cause if you, the places you could go to like do the brainstorming activities that we were talking about would be for me, like I would just go to the public library if you don't want to be one of those people that's like, I'm going to go to a coffee shop and get a big sugary drink and sit here. And you can do that too. But like the free, exactly. if you want to do something yeah. that's free. You yeah. go to the library free. and just sit there like in yeah. one of the library, reading spaces. Library, park. Um, you can go to work early, stay a little bit later. Um, I also would flag that like, pay attention to the resistance in your mind. So like one of the things that came up, you know, I was going to volunteer at this museum and I was going to do it while my daughter was in art class. She's in our class on Sundays. And I'm like, well, I'd, you know, I'd love to come during her art class. And they're like, well, it's, you know, it's, that's great. But um, we're closed on Sunday. So it would have to be Saturday. And I was like, oh, in my head, I'm like, I guess it's not going to work. And then I started thinking about it. I'm like, well, there is an art class that's also on Saturday. And the teacher's pretty chill. I'm sure she would like just let my daughter switch to the Saturday class. But in my head, I was like, no, it probably won't. It's asking it's too much. Oh, everyone's going to be so inconvenienced by me. Exactly. 100%. And then I'm like, you know, I'm just going to ask. I'm just going to ask this nice art teacher. And of course, the art teacher could not care less. She's like, absolutely fine. And I'm like, wow. So pay attention to what you're overthinking. Because again, I think overthinking is a sign that you're not connecting with what's going on at the moment usually always is and usually always your mind is trying to solve something that likely is not it's like 
once it's done with that, it's going to flip to something else that it deems a prop, right? So it's like it's not significant in the grand scheme of things. So pay attention to what your um, your recurrent thoughts are about this and making space for this. Like, oh, my husband will get upset with me. Okay, well, let's talk about that. Like, you need to search out, pull every weed out, and really understand what are the areas that you feel like, because you got to move through. That's all what the stillness is about is like, Moving through all this, the muck that starts coming up when you start making time and pulling your energy back is like, to your point, you will find resistance. You walk through the resistance. You don't go over it. You don't go on. You go through, you have to work through it. So, well, and, and quite honestly, mindful. you know, if you're one of those people that's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be so inconvenient to people and I'm really imposing and I'm, oh, what a burden I'm casting by, you know, saying, could you please switch my daughter to it? You know, if you're one of those people then, and you're already thinking like this, then you're definitely not a burdensome person because it's really the people that are just like carelessly demanding yeah. Switches yes. and schedules and placing themselves first with a sense of entitled. They're not reflecting. They're not the ones that are like, oh my gosh, maybe I'll, I'll be burdening someone with this. Oh, how dare I? Imp-. They're not at that level. So if you're yeah. asking yourself already, so you know, and trying to stop yourself based on the basis of saying, but I might be inconveniencing someone. Like if you're already at that level of self-reflection, you most likely are not really going to be inconveniencing people all that much. Because if you are, then they'll just say no. Yeah, I know. And and there's no, the worst thing to hear. And again, like, um, and I I go back to this too. It's like my, my core fear is like, I will get in trouble. Right. This is like a Capricorn's (laughs) grave fear. Okay. I'm doing something wrong. Someone will yell at me. I will get in trouble. Right. So like that usually, but to get to that fear, I have to work through all this crap that's sitting on top of it. And once I get to the fear, I'm like, well, this is silly. You know what I mean? You're like, and then you're able to like release it like a little butterfly. Like, okay, if you're gone, I'm just going to ask to move the car. So it's like literally every time, like using stillness and self-reflection and prayer and meditation to really, what is the root? Where is the root of all this? I'll, well, I, well, I will get in trouble or for, for some, everyone's going to have a different thing, but I, I guarantee you, it will look very silly once you get to the bottom of the pile. You'll be like, oh, that, oh, who cares? You know what I mean? <laughs> All right, whatever. <laughs> or you'll still have, or you'll still hold it. Like I still hold mine. And literally you just use every, you lose life as your spiritual practice. And every time something comes up that hits that fear, you work through it. And then you, and then every time you do it, it just gets a little bit easier, kind of like pushups. So yeah, keep working through it, everybody. It's worth it. It's worth it because then you get, you actually are an, living a life that you can enjoy your time. Well, time for yourself, you're creative. I think if someone's feeling discouraged thinking like, Oh man, that's never going to be me. Like one really, or like, Oh, you know, it's not worth it. But one thing you can do is visualize yourself on the other side of it already. Oh, that's such a good one. Who is that person? What's that going to look like? And how are you going to feel when you're at you've achieved, you know, you've put in the work and you're on the other side and you're reaping the benefits and you're seeing the results. We're definitely going to add an exercise to the book on that end. Cause I think that's such a great process to go through. Like, what is the, what does it look like? And you set it perfectly. And I think, again, I know we're trying to wrap this, these up cause we're, we can go on forever, but I think that's a really good ending to this a week, sort of making that point of like, maybe start where you want to be. I think that's, that's freaking awesome. Start where you want to be and then like work, do the gap analysis and figure out how to get to A to B. And I think um, it's kind of like dressing for the job you want to have. (laughs) And let's next week do. um, So we talked a little bit about prayer meditation, but let's talk next week about, okay, so you have, 
you came to the stillness site, you have a problem to solve, now you're ready to ask for guidance. So it's the asking. So focus of next week, sort of like how we ask, how we get answers, how we listen. All right. Yeah. So we'll say goodbye then. We'll say goodbye. Have a lovely week. Good luck with everything. And I will text Thanks you too. soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. I'll be back with another episode in one week. In the meantime, check out more content on olivebranchmom.com and follow me on Instagram at olivebranchmom. Check out my show notes for links to both. Thanks for listening.